Support for WVIK comes from Kathleen Collins at the Dragonfly in Bettendorf. Using both conventional and alternative counseling methods for empowerment to help create change for individuals and couples. More information is at KathleenCollinsCounseling.com. Support for Talking Heart on WVIK comes from the people at Quad City Bank and Trust, helping the local community with their banking and financial needs for more than 20 years. Information is at QCBT.com. Support also comes from the estate of Margaret Skinner, a longtime friend of WVIK and lover of the arts. This is Carolyn Martin, and I'm talking art today with Catherine Proct, a mezzo-soprano opera singer originally from Davenport, who has an extensive performance history. She made her Kennedy Center debut as soloist in Philip Glass's Symphony No. 5 with the Washington Chorus in 2016. She's performed at Carnegie Hall and at numerous other venues, both nationally and internationally. She recently performed the title role in Elizabeth Cree at the Chicago Opera Theater, which concluded in February. Welcome, Katie. Hi there. Thank you so much for having me. Oh, thanks so much for talking. You have... So many accomplishments uh, with a very long bio, and how did someone from the Quad Cities end up in opera performance? What, what was your journey like? That's a, that's a great question. I actually, um, my mother is, is a singer as well. Uh, Becky Proct is her name. And um, she introduced me and uh, my siblings to the love of music at home. Um, I think the first opera I ever heard was on a was a VHS um, uh, of an opera, Simone Bocanegra, that she was playing at home. And I thought it was dark and boring and I didn't want to have anything to do with it. And I overheard her, you know, over the years, uh, she was, she would play and she would sing. She plays piano and she would sing at home. And uh, it was, it was funny. The, um, you know, we, my, my siblings and I would kind of hear her hear her singing with vibrato and we would kind of make fun of her and it was something that you know was foreign and didn't sound anything like the pop music that we were used to hearing um and then i don't i'm not sure exactly what turned i think at a certain point i was i was actually this, this um tells you my age i was watching uh johnny carson right before <laughs> things kind of switched over uh to to another host but um, Kiri Takanawa, this, this fabulous opera soprano, she was singing, uh, an aria on his show and I heard it and I thought, oh my goodness, this is magic. And this is something that I want to do. And I, and it was, it was, it, I didn't realize that I was being prepared for the path, um, by hearing my mother sing and by being around classical music. She also, uh, was a, a long, long time member of Nova Singer's She's been on the board, but she also was a an alto um, in their chorus. Nova Singers is a is a big important choral group oh, in the course. area, yes. and they do great work. They really do. They're 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 very important um, uh, presence in the choral community. And um, and I was I grew up, you know, once in a while I'd get to go to rehearsals and I'd kind of play board games in the back and and listen to this choral music. And so so. The, the choral music presentation in, in my life and the, in the history and that I, I kind of was surrounded with, it just kind of all seeped in. And so when I heard this opera aria being sung on TV, I kind of realized, wow, this is something that I actually am interested in doing. And I loved the sound of it. And uh, it, I went to um, college at University of Iowa 
and I was studying voice because it was something that I always kind of was able to do. I could always sing. I part I was um a member in my, my mother's um, church choir at St. Mary's in Davenport. And, uh, and you know, I could always do it in school. It was something that, I, that came easily to me. Uh, actually, all of my siblings, we all uh, sing well. We all played um, pitched instruments. My mom insisted that we all learn how to, to read music and play pitched instruments growing up. And you were one of quite a few siblings. Yeah, that's right. There are seven of us. Mm-hmm. I have an older brother. I'm I'm second oldest, and then I have two younger sisters and uh, three younger brothers. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah, it's it's a it's a pile of, of people, and we all kind of you know can make this great lovely band if we choose to pick up instruments or sing. And that was another tradition in our family and our extended family on my mom's side. We we all kind of would gather around at Christmas time and sing together. Or any holiday, really. Um, so, yeah, but uh, the the opera path kind of developed itself while I was at school at University of Iowa. Um, I, I majored in uh, classical vocal performance, and um, I was invited to sing and in, in some opera scenes. And uh, and I wasn't really interested at first. I thought I was going to go into music theater um, and sing musicals instead, but I was encouraged to go ahead and give the opera uh, scenes a try. And I discovered that I could, ju- I could act the way I wanted to, uh, just like I did in, I wanted to in music theater. I was able to, I was invited to act it, as an opera singer as well. And then, you know, just, it, it turned out that my voice happened to be suited to opera. Mm-hmm. And so it, you know, that was, that's kind of where the path took off from. Right. Mm-hmm. You, you were raised in Davenport and went to Davenport Central. What was your music education like? prior to going to the University of Iowa? Um, well, and were you uh, involved in theater and other art forms there? Yeah, I, I did. Um, in third grade, I, I started playing the flute. So I played flute all the way through my high school career as well. Um, uh, I sang in, in anything I could get, get into. So it was mostly choral training. I was in, in the choruses when I was uh, growing up. Um, and uh, Sally Rewerts was a, a choral teacher at uh, Davenport Central. That was kind of a big um, growth place for me. It was a place where I, I learned how to really lock into hearing harmony in my ear and uh, and to, to kind of trust my voice and to sing out. Um, also, uh, Bernatz was, uh, this Mr. Bernatz was our band teacher, and I got a, a lot of fabulous um, training in marching band and uh, playing flute there. Um, so I think I think um, I, I was in Allstate as well, and I kind of got I got brave in trying to you know learn new solos that I thought were interesting for me, and that showed a range of um, uh, performing you know ability, the language, and and difficulty. Um, and my mom was my voice teacher at the time. So, and I, I was not a great student. I have to say this. I know she'll hear this interview and I have to say I was not a great student. I, she tried to teach me piano when I was little and I just refused to, to sit still and, and practice. And so, uh, so, you know, she, she was flexible and that was, that was lovely of her. I really regret not having paid more attention then. Uh, it would be fabulous to be a great pianist now, but um, yeah, I think I think it was a lot of um, just kind of slow, steady 
um, uh, preparation through through choral music, which I think is so important in the schools, mm -hmm. um, and and also doing it extracurricularly. Yeah. Um, yeah. Does that answer your question? I'm not sure. Absolutely. No, it sounds like you had a great platform once you left, yeah. you know, once you had a great base once you left Davenport yeah. to kind of move on. And after you received your undergraduate degree in music from the University of Iowa, then you obtained your master's degree That's at the right. University of Wisconsin in Milwaukee. Mm -hmm. But then from that point, how did you jump into getting roles how how was it that you were able to be cast in these roles and what was that audition process like and that next step um, like for you um I you know I did a lot at the University of Iowa just um trying to I took whatever anybody would give me and I think that's pretty much the key of of doing this the transition into uh going from school and going into um performing professionally um, I, you know, I sang Marcellina in The Marriage of Figaro, and I sang Zita in Johnny Skiki. Those are two old woman roles, you know, and I sang them when I was an undergrad. And, uh, and, and but it was great for my acting chops and uh, gave me a chance to perform on stage. And then I, in, in uh, uh, my master's degree, I had, you know, a lot of really good um, training as well, vocally, just doing uh, voice lesson training and learning art songs and performing recital. Um, but then I had an opportunity at the Skylight Opera Theater, which is this small, uh, kind of a jewel box opera theater in um, in Milwaukee, uh, where they they gave me a shot at doing a, a small role, and um, I won a debut artist award there. And then they kept hiring me back. Uh, which was, you know, great fun because then all of a sudden I, I could feel like a professional despite my youth. And um, so I kept working there and I would, you know, get brave and do auditions like uh, the, Metropolitan the Metropolitan Opera has um, these, these national auditions. And so I would go and just kind of throw my hat in the ring and audition. And I won um, district level a couple of times, which was great and I was able to go on and, and uh, compete in, in a larger venue. Um, and I never won, but it was great for me to just get out there and see how I compared on a national level. Um, I, I decided after I'd won a couple times in that region, that region um, I went down to San Antonio just to see how I compared with people, you know, outside of my region. Mm -hmm. And um, I went to, uh, where did I go? St. Louis. I went somewhere else to just see, you know, how did I compete there? And it was fun, I always did well. And so like that was part of my kind of breaking out a little bit and trying to be brave. Um, uh, the audition process, um, apart from competitions, uh, the audition process is, it's a challenge, you know? It's, I think the, the, the good thing is that I had a lot of um, dedicated teachers and, and I had dedication myself, you know, where I wanted to practice as much as possible and learn things that were appropriate for my voice so that I could, um, you know, stop thinking about the singing when I'm actually doing the audition and focus more on the delivery of the text mm -hmm. and the kind of character that I wanted to convey and try to figure out um, through a lot of coaching with stage directors even um, to how, how to how to be comfortable in my body when I'm in that really really high pressure situation where where I'm singing and there are two people looking at me and it's in this kind of you know big it's not a boardroom but it's it's a kind of you know small auditorium or or something even more um, just kind of plain uh, uh, where it's not this big theater but it's really kind of a 
you know, a rehearsal room um, where I'm not getting any feedback. I don't have anybody else to perform with on stage. And it's, and I just have a couple people who are looking at me or aren't, you know, they're taking notes or something and trying to create art in that situation can be really, really difficult. Oh, it sounds Uh, so um, intimidating. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you think, you know, how can I, how can I beat everybody else, (laughs) you know, by doing this? And so I, I discovered in, in, in my own, you know, version of it. It's, it's, you know, how can I be as committed as possible to what I'm singing um, and really love, you know, sing my heart and soul into what I'm in, into the music that I'm putting out right now. So that no matter what, even if I don't win the audition, uh, I can feel great about, about my delivery mm-hmm. and I can feel happy for having sung it that day. Yeah. That's a great lesson for just life in general for majority yeah. of us really. When you were in training, how, how many foreign languages were you encouraged or required to learn? Because so many of the operas are, are performed in, in a different language, Italian yeah. or German. Or, um, what, what were the requirements for that? And, and uh, do you feel proficient in, in more languages than just you know, your native English? Yeah, I think, um, well, it was absolutely required in, the, in my undergrad and in my um, master's degree. Uh, to to have German, Italian, and French diction, and then also to to um, in in my undergrad you also had to take language. So um, my French was always easier for me. I studied that in in junior high and high school, and uh, and then I took it up for a couple of years in in um, my undergrad as well. Uh, but, um, and German, oh, my, my last name is Pracht, you know, it's, it's, that is, that should be my language, uh, because it's a German last name, but, um, yeah, it was, that was always a little bit more intimidating for me, but, um, I, I found, you know, they, they require, uh, schools definitely require you to learn, uh, languages, to learn, to, to learn arias in German, French, Italian, and English, and then you can choose, uh, a fifth selection um in in just normal opera auditions you can choose a fifth selection you can repeat a language or you can do a different one um strangely i'm doing a lot of uh i'm doing several pieces in russian in the next uh coming coming season so um that was something that i did not prepare for and so there's uh so then in that situation you uh there are vocal coaches um whose job it is to uh, help you prepare in the language, and then they also generally play the piano, and so they can help you, um, you know, double check the notes that you're singing, but also, but make sure that you can be uh, that you're singing the right vowels and consonants and and just general sounds, um, uh, on and being understood in that language as best as possible. And so there's a fabulous um, in Philadelphia. There's a great uh, Russian coach. Um, whom I I take things to. Um, and, you're, and you're living in Philadelphia. We should mention right now. Yes, currently. that's correct. Um, well, there are so many demands on you. You know, besides just singing, obviously the the ability to to, to learn or to be able to have correct diction in in all those languages is is a challenge. And then also you're required to be skilled at, at acting, uh, because the best operatic performers um, are 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 good at that as well. Did did you receive any specific training or teaching along the way um, with acting? Yeah, I think, you know, that's, 
that's really where I love to live. Um, I think the the greatest every every teacher has has thought that that was important, and and doing opera scenes is a is a wonderful place for young singers to to get started. Just practicing, you know, doing more than just thinking about singing. You have to accept the fact that there are people around you, and it and it's lovely. It's it's lovely to kind of let go of um, the the pressure of making gorgeous sounds and to just kind of have a little bit of fun and to really get into the scene you can you can share that pressure with the others that are up there on stage with you um i think the uh the best acting training i ever had was with a, a wonderful stage director named paula swazi um she is she's now at the met and um she's a director i think she kind of runs direction at the met uh i need i should have looked up her job title before i started talking about her but she she was uh i met her in at skylight opera theater in milwaukee that was that first show that i did um uh after my master's degree and um she really just encouraged the instincts that i already had for expressing text and and um you know uh just kind of interpreting a character and what the person was thinking and feeling you know what i was thinking and feeling while i was singing the role and she just encouraged me you know to to make it a little bit bigger and to make it a little more flexible and to kind of you know consider uh consider the fact that i'm going to be singing to a house of you know between 300 and 2500 people uh in the audience you know how do you how do you uh, keep the integrity of what you're saying even if what you're saying is something really general or rather gentle and vulnerable how do you how do you sing that kind of intimacy um uh, in an honest way to to 2500 people who can barely see you on stage and so like i i had um really really good instruction and feedback from from her especially and i've worked with some very talented um stage directors since then who uh have encouraged me to you know do simple things like keep the keep what i'm doing and the, the the um the integrity of what i'm doing uh and but also get my face pointed out so that my voice can be heard a little bit more because you know if i'm really committing to singing to somebody on stage with me but my face is pointing to the to the to the curtains on the side of the stage pointing to the wings you know it's just difficult for the audience to hear me and so there are little tricks that you have to learn along the way to to make sure that you are engaging on stage uh with the people that you're singing with and but also um you know thinking about the person in the last top row in the audience who wants to hear and see everything right there's so many nuances to to what you do. Um mm -hmm. you you just finished performing the title role in Elizabeth Cree at the Chicago Opera Theater in Chicago. Um and that did receive great reviews. The 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 Chicago Tribune um said this, Catherine Proct brought a mezzo of size and quality and confident dramatic presence to the complicated title role. And that was such a lovely compliment. Um, yeah, it's amazing, amazing. Yeah, yeah I've been very in incredibly happy and uh rewarded um by the I'm I'm ha I'm always happy when the way I feel about an opera lines up with the way an audience feels about mm -hmm. it. Describe for us what your typical day is like when you're performing in a production like like you were in Chicago. Uh mm -hmm. that must be those those must be long days and must be incredibly hectic. Well, it's it's funny because um when we're actually into performance uh it things get very calm because the the main uh presentation is you know generally in the evening unless you've been a matinee but um 
so, but in the, in the weeks prior, we're doing, you know, six hours a day of rehearsal. Um, uh, and that's when the hectic part is, <laughs> you know, when you're, you're, you're making sure that you know all the notes, you're, you're doing all of the interviews, you're doing uh, the kind of, you know, rehearsal and staging of the, of the opera. And so the, the performances, um, the days of performance, you know, is mostly about getting as much sleep as I'm able to, um, uh, trying to get a good warm-up in, a vocal warm-up. Um, but also, you know, there's a lot of time to kind of fill and how to, how to not wear myself out. I, I discovered over um, many, you know, years of trial and error that I, although I would love to go to, you know, a museum on my days off or even on the day of, uh, I've discovered that when I take in that much um, stimulation from art, uh, I get overwhelmed. And so then my, my brain is not in the show that night. I'm thinking about, you know, I'm thinking about the audience. I'm thinking about taking things into my brain, you know, from, from what I'm seeing out there on the stage. Um, in the theater. And so I kind of do a little bit more just keeping to myself on days of performance so that I can really be in the show and give as much as possible from the stage perspective out to the mm -hmm. audience as opposed to being aware of everybody else yeah. um, that who's watching me, you know. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, you know, trying to stay healthy is, is, uh, is the, is the trick. Well, for especially through the winter months, I would guess with your voice, yeah. you'd have to be yeah. so careful and and uh you know you, you were talking six hour days that that must really strain your your voice and um you know you alluded that to the fact that the the busy time really is the time leading up to the start of the performances so like what once the casting is made how long do you typically have before the performances begin then what what's well, that segment like um, it's interesting because it, it depends. Uh, it used to be that, that, um, opera theaters would book, uh, singers two, three years in advance. Um, that's when they, they knew what their budgets were going to be. They could make advanced planning about what the operas were going to be for their seasons. And then, you know, for the really famous singers, you have to, you, they're going to be booked and uh, booked up really quickly and so they had to plan you know out really far to try to get them to to hook up with their own companies um but uh budgets get tight these these in this last decade especially budgets have gotten a lot tighter and so people um opera companies don't get to necessarily plan ahead as far as they'd like to uh and so you know more and more um i i still get contracts within the year or a year in advance um and that's uh, in the opera world. It's not very much time to prepare a role, especially if you're performing a lot. Because, um, for instance, if I'm performing Elizabeth Cree, but I have another opera coming up, uh, which is new, um, I have to be learning that opera while I'm in rehearsal uh, for Elizabeth Cree. And so, um, you know, there, there's just not a lot of time to rest the voice and, uh, and, um, or, you know, your mind. And it's, it's difficult if you've got, you know, a language, uh, opera in a different language, uh, that you're trying to prepare and, um, it can just be really, uh, confusing. <laughs> like which show am I doing today? Um, and I think, I think, uh, there's a really interesting thing. I went to, um, I was auditioning in Europe and I was uh, trying to, I was considering um, uh, auditioning for a fest. I was auditioning for a fest contract. And the, those people, is, it's amazing. Like they will perform, 
you know, one opera during the daytime and another opera at night. And then the next day is a totally different opera. Doesn't, you know, whatever the opera's language is, that's what you do that day. And um, it's just talk about uh, creating stamina. That's, that's the major, that's the major thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, yeah, I think, um, I, and now I've gotten a little off track. <laughs> well, but I think... The- just this, you were talking about the stamina that it requires, which yeah. really is um, pretty remarkable because your travel schedule is daunting. Uh, and it sounds like there is so much prep going into each production that uh, if you have a tight schedule, it, it would be, um, you know, it would it would be uh, quite a challenge to make sure that you stay healthy, but have the, the preparation correct yeah. going from yeah. one to the next. Yeah, and I think I do. I really do think you know. I, I learned early on from my mother that sleep is the best healer, and so, you know, I get. Uh, I I try to stay um, away from um, kind of any pill treatment. You know, I, I it's great to take my vitamins and to get exercise and to eat well um, and healthily, uh, but um, it's true that getting enough sleep seems to be the key. And then um, knowing how to, to, they call it marking, knowing how to save a little bit of your voice when you're doing rehearsals, especially um, if I'm going to sing through a scene, but I'm going to repeat that scene again in that same day, I'll choose to sing it out once and then um, save it a little bit the next time. You know, I always have to be heard by my colleagues and and, uh, the conductor, but I I don't have to give a performance level uh, quality of singing every time I do it. So there are are little tricks that you learn um, to be able to, uh, you know, get the work done that needs to be done, but also um, protect your, protect your instrument just a bit um, because ultimately uh, you know, I have to, I have to perform the performances or, you know, or, or it, it causes so many problems for, for the company it causes problems for me. You know, th- that's when you get paid is, is right. if you, if you sing the performances. And so, right. you know, um, I, I have, uh, been fortunate to, to, uh, be able to consistently perform even when I'm sick. I've, I've definitely sung, I sang Rosina, uh, with almost no voice, I would wake up in the mornings and have have absolutely no voice because I had such a disastrous cold um, that was affecting my my larynx. But uh, I, you know, had to be patient and steam a lot throughout the day and and do the kind of concoctions with ginger and lemon and honey and and so on. Things that you you know the singer tricks, things that we have to to. Um, uh, help soothe the throat and um, and luckily with good technique and um, just kind of careful pacing I was able to perform every one of those performances and it was they were that, that's a lot of singing and um, yeah it is it's it is a big challenge um, but uh, you know it's the reward is huge uh, just absolutely just, yeah absolutely. getting to do it is amazing what's up next on your schedule I go to uh, upstate New York um, with the orchestra now, and I sing um, Stravinsky's Requiem Canticles. Uh, it's kind of a contralto um, solo uh, in that in that piece. And then I get to go to York Symphony and sing Alexander Nevsky, um, which I've I've done before in in uh, Atlanta, and I get to do it a second time here at, at York Symphony. That's that's in Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I, I've got a couple things in the works for this, this, uh, summer, another couple of, of Russian, um, pieces. I haven't signed the contract yet, so I don't get to, to say that, but that's, that'll be in the summer. 
uh, and that'll be fun. And then I get to um, some things that are closer to home. I get to go to Madison Opera um, in, uh, I think it's February of uh, 2019, and sing my first Charlotte in A Little Night Music. Ah. We may have yeah. to uh, try to spread the word because Madison is so close by. It would be exactly. fun to get a group to go up there. Um, yeah. You know, yeah. short of making a trek to see you um, in Madison or one of your other locations, how can listeners hear your performances? Um, I've got one one recording that I did. It's it's uh, this this uh, composer named Joseph Summer, and uh, it's called The Tempest. It's a Shakespeare uh story and and uh he wrote an opera joe summer wrote an opera called the tempest and so there's a really fun um role that i played ariel in that opera and that's you can find that on amazon um you can buy an mp3 and and get it that way um and then i you can always look me up on uh youtube i have little clips out there i'll tell you it's we'll, it's, we'll, put, a uh, link, we'll put a link to one of the youtube um oh. audios on the on our website Wonderful. So listeners Wonderful. could hear because you you really have a spectacular voice. Oh, thanks. Um, oh, yeah, it's it's amazing. Um, and lastly, what what would you say to a young person who's considering a career in opera performance? Would you have any words of advice um, for them? Yeah, I think um, try to. What I had to discover over time is that the things that I really like doing, my my thing is I love singing in English. I love singing in English. I love singing really crunchy music that's hard that nobody else likes singing. That's kind of my niche. And um, so over years, I tried to tried to be what everybody else thought I should be as an opera singer. But ultimately, where I ended up is doing the stuff that I love. So I think figure out what if you're a young singer, figure out what you really love performing and what you really are good at, that you always get the good feedback um, from, and um, and put a lot of time and effort into that music. I mean, we have to learn the languages and we have to, you know, do all the, we have to go through the, the hard work of um, preparing ourselves uh, in, in, you know, through schooling, but, um, discover what you really, what really gives you life, what really makes you happy. And, um, that's, that's where I think it's best to put your emotional energy mm-hmm. into, into great focusing. Ad- great advice. Could I say one more thing? Absolutely. Sorry. Also, what I have learned is music theory, learn how to sight read, learn how mm-hmm. to, um, you know, uh, f- Pay attention to that when you're being taught that in school. That is essential. That that makes you so hireable uh, in any situation. It's it's difficult to be an opera singer and try to get consistent work all the time as an opera singer. And so you have to fill in the gaps by jumping into last minute gigs. I have done so many workshops doing modern music where I got the I got the job, you know, at the last second, a week beforehand, and I had to cram and learn, learn, learn that music. And you can't always find a pianist to teach it to you. So the more skill that you have on your own is is essentially uh, that 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 will make you jump out in front of all other singers always. Oh. So that's huge. <laughs> Catherine Prock, thank you so much for talking today. Thank you, Carolyn. It's a great pleasure to talk to you. This has been Carolyn Martin, Talking Art in the Quad Cities for WVIK.